Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing us. Big shout out to my team, Tracy, Marla, Ryan, many of you who are making this so successful. And I just want to start with a question. Can you think of a time when you met someone who was really, really special? You couldn't put your finger on it, but you knew there was something there. And that's what's happening with our guest today. When I was interviewing him early on, I was like, wow, there's something fascinating, there's something unique, something differentiating about this leader. And so I I spent months digging, talking to people on different continents, really understanding the secret sauce, the superpowers of our guest today. So I want to welcome Amir Aruni from Discover Financial Services. He's the EVP and CIO of this Fortune 300, actually, I think Fortune 281 technology powerhouse, right? So Amir, welcome to the uh, to the podcast. Hello, Dan. I, I'm very excited to be here with you today. I read on your website that when CIO whispers talk, technology and business leaders listen. And I thought, wow, that is something which I want to know more. I want to know more about you, Dan, and about what you're doing and, and, and share some of the experiences with you. So I know that you are an increasingly pivotal in your role to build a digital survey culture and driving business strategy everywhere. So it is my honor to be your guest today. I mean, a very kind of you. Thank you. And I appreciate you taking time. And we're going to jump into some of the things that differentiate you around your ability to have clarity with your vision, your ability to build, attract, develop the best workforce. It's so impressive. You've got a heart for service that I think is very unique from the customer perspective. And also, I don't usually get into technology on the podcast, but the way you are differentiating, not just IT, but how you're differentiating Discover Financial with technology is pretty special. So we're going to jump into that. But first for our audience, Discover Financial, Chicago-based company, something tells me that's not a Windy City accent. Give us a little personal story about where you're from, your, your personal journey. Thank you for this question, Dan. So I left Iran about 35 years ago and immigrated to the Netherlands as a political refugee. That was a very defining moment in my life. So through it, I learned to manage every stressful situation, sometimes life and death situations. And I also learned at a very early stage in my life to trust people. And more recent defining moment was just before the pandemic, when I decided to join Discover. Oh, by the way, I have been married for many years, have four children, three daughters, and one son, and I'm very proud of them. But when I joined Discover, it was just a few days before the pandemic. So my family was not able to move to the U.S. at that time with me, and as we originally planned. Then we sold our house in Amsterdam in February 2020. We packed our furniture to move it to Chicago. And you come to Chicago in March, beginning of the March, and you realize that this pandemic is going to take a long time. The schools are closed, offices closed. So it's not the right time to bring a family to a new country, new culture, new environment. 
So that moment was another very, very defining moment because we had to decide to buy our house back, uh, sending our furniture back to our house, unpack it and wait until the situation changed. So it has been a winding road with a few move dates scheduled and then rescheduled. And let me say I'm optimistic and hope that we will get all to the United States as soon as possible. So that's another very, very defining moment. Big moments. And the whole notion of life and death situations, many of us can't relate to. Coming from Iran, you know, I can see where your leadership courage was established, your ability to adapt to change was established. And, you know, I want to dig in. We all know of the 80-20 rule, right? The, the Pareto principle. My hunch is that 80% of what your company does is probably similar to what other companies do in your space. But there's 20% that you do that's really unique and special. And I, want to, I really want to dig into that today. And one is your clarity of vision. I've seen people really gel around this vision. I've heard at the executive level, the board level, at the, the front lines level, your ability to sell the vision to really get people excited around this journey. Could you talk about the playbook and how you differentiate it with your vision? So what I strongly believe is that when you get in some area, new area, the first thing you need to do is understand the current situation and appreciate everything which is there. That's a very important element. Appreciating of the past and understanding what is actually the current situation. And from there, start to make a plan to improve things in a better condition. That is my whole strategy. Now, how do you start with that? I think the first and most important element is taking time at the beginning for that process, which I call understanding and conviction. So you see what is the situation, you see some opportunities, and you start to think about how we can get actually more of what we have today, how we can improve, how we can get into a different level of productivity, speed, and quality in our company. That was the starting point of our vision at Discovery. So I started with understanding and then talking to my team and then talking to my team, understanding the business needs, try to translate that business needs into technology and technology solutions, start to socialize some of the ideas with my peers, with the board, and also talk to employees, engineers, technical people, and try to get a better understanding of what needs to be done for tomorrow's discover future. I think that process of understanding the, the, the current situation, building a high-performing teams, getting into translating of the needs of business into technology and providing that story to a large number of people and mobilize them for a very inspiring vision that is something which has happened in Discover in 2020 and the beginning of 2021. What's interesting to me, I think it's very subtle, but most, most executives get to that socialization perspective, right? That social, you know, socialize it point more to sell. 
what I heard you say, you socialize to learn. You socialize it to make the idea better, to make the vision better. And I think that's really powerful what you shared because I see a lot of executives really struggling today with selling the vision, with getting people on the journey, right? And talent, they've got choices today. They can move on, but you create that stickiness. How did you get people so excited about the vision? So then it's not all with what I call appreciation of the past. I've seen many, many CIOs come to their new position and the first thing they start to talk about is how difficult is the situation and what is the technical debt and what all needs to be done and what all is not good. And I learned in my life to start from the position that everything which we have right now today is there because of a reason. So let's just understand that background and let's just build from there. That is a significant lesson learned in my life during all of my transformational experience in the last 35 years. When you start to say that what we have is a foundation for making it better, then you don't fight with the organization. You actually take your organization with you in the journey you have. And I think you're right. Having internal commitment and drive to learn the current organization and building for a better future is something which is probably part of my approach and it has been working very well at Discover and it created a lot of support for our runway strategy that is reinventing technology at Discover and also the way we work. So we are busy with a big shift, but based on what we have done in the past, appreciation of the past, and try to get it into a better position than before. I love that. I really do. And one of the ways that you differentiate is through people, through talent, the way you're building your organization. And, you know, I reached out to one of your direct reports and I said, in one sentence, give me Amir's superpower. What's going on there? And he said, expanding the art of the possible through innovative processes and technology that inspires us all to build our craft towards engineering excellence. That is powerful. I mean, that's someone who's ready to run through a wall. And I love the idea of the craft. You have brought craftsmanship, the mindset to the organization. What does that look like, Amir? So then let me just say that I'm very passionate about our journey to build strong technology function and delight our customers more than what we do today. That is our real function. That is our real contribution to our society, to our company, to our shareholders, to everyone. Making things better every day and achieve nearly impossible results is another thing which inspired me a lot. And the feedback which you just mentioned is some kind of confirmation of our path, that we are on the right path. And I am very grateful and happy to hear this statement from probably one of my, uh, my, my people. And when you talk about that part, I would say there are a lot of initiatives which we took 
in terms of upscaling of our people. One of them was creating so-called Discover Technology Academy. That's a place from engineers for engineers. And our strategy was very simple. Said, you know, either you're good at something, and if you're good at something, you have obligation to make others better, or you want to get better in something. In both situations, you go to Discover Technology Academy because that is the place where expert level of people comes to make you better. And those people are contributing to the learning of the whole organization. We started to look at how we can actually develop that part, how we can mobilize our own talented and good people to make others better. The second one was how we can bring new people in who can actually help us to get into a better stage, better level of productivity and quality. And the third element, very important, how we can really show that we are rewarding our craft. And that was by shifting to a different human resource model. I call it Dreyfus model. That's a model which you are talking about the skill and the level of skilled growth. And by that, we provide actually our engineers and technicians the opportunity to grow at any level in the organization. And that element, so bringing learning to the organization, showing appreciation for the craft which we have, and creating a context where people can make huge career, that is phenomenal. And I see already a lot of results at Discover. So very, very, very helpful for us. That's, I, I want to double click on that, but first, just a quick shout out and a thank you to Angel Diaz, who provided that quote. And Angel is your vice president, technology, capabilities, and innovation. I know he's really championing this academy, this technology academy for Discover. I'd like to talk a little bit more about your workforce strategy. This is another way you're differentiating in the industry. It's more intentional. It's more data-driven. And some of the results you're seeing, you're seeing was it dry for small? Was that the mantra? Can you talk about dry for small and how that's actually creating more productivity? So the whole transformation which we started in 2020 was about how we can move faster and how we can increase the productivity. Um, I strongly believe that if you want to get to move faster, you need to get smaller. And that belief is the foundational for our workforce strategy. Because if you want to get smaller, it needs to have better people, fewer people, but better people, people who have much more expertise and knowledge, who are not just specialized in one area, but they can be part of a team, and in a team, take more than just one task. So the strategy was to create small teams who are able to move autonomously and they are empowered to make decisions and they are working around a product. And what I mean by product is something which you're involved in design, in build, in run, and in all the activities after run, which I call continuous improvement. Now, creating those kind of small autonomous teams needs to have a very high level of expertise because those teams are not big. You're talking about 
number of people, which is between seven and nine. So you need to invest in the skills and capabilities of people, and you need to adjust your recruitment processes to bring a different level of expertise to the company. And that is our starting point of our workforce. Our workforce strategy is based on having fewer people, but much higher level of skills and capability through either educating them, supporting them, coaching them, providing the learning organization for them, or when it comes to hiring, hiring a higher level of expertise, which I call competent, proficient, or expert level of engineers. And those people are able to produce six times more than novices or advanced beginners. And that's actually the starting point of our workforce strategy. That's incredible. Yeah, driving 6x productivity is powerful. This is a good time for us, I think, to weave in our mystery question. We went to the Netherlands to find somebody from your inner circle who knows you well, who could help us unpack your superpower. So let's listen in and tell us who this is and help us with the question. Dear Amir, the following question is for you. Five, six years from now, if you're going to look back, I'm 100% sure you will see that you've done amazing. You've done amazing. But there might also be areas where you were hoped that you would have gone further. What are those areas? And what can you do as a phenomenal people leader to ensure that that will not happen and that you're going to deliver on all your ambitions? <laughs> Great question. Who is that gentleman? I think you're, you have spoken with Peter Jacobs, which was my peer and later CIO of ING in the Netherlands. And right now, one of the partners and a big company in, in Europe. And Peter is really one of the best technologist and technology leader, which I've seen in my life. And a very challenging question, of course. Let me just say that if I look at our journey at Discover, we needed to have some kind of value capturing management at a very earlier stage. So introduction of more data-driven management at the earliest stage of our program. We started to do that, but we started to do that later. And therefore, it was very difficult to have a very good baseline on each team. So one of the things which I would do differently is to start that process of capturing value and measuring those values at much earlier stage in the transformation. That's number one. Number two, I spend a lot of time with my team, with my peers, with people in the organization, but also to middle management. And later on, I came to the realization that spending much more time with the middle management was probably much more productive. That's something which I, I, I think I, I need to do much earlier and I need to pay attention to that because it is going to shift and to move the organization much faster. And the third one, let me just say the Midwest culture is something which was really new for me. That it is not a joke what I'm telling you. But I thought that I knew the U.S. culture when I came to U.S. because I had a lot of interaction with U.S. companies. I had a lot of friends. I even educate, had have some education in U.S. So I thought that I know the environment and the culture. And just in 
first six to nine months, I came to realization that everything I knew about U.S. culture was wrong, and I needed to reset my mind about what is that culture and how you act. And then Midwest culture, which is very special. People are very friendly. Everyone say yes to you. And you need to have the right level of checks and balances to see if everyone understands exactly. And is that yes is always really yes. I would pay much more attention in my next journey to those elements. And by the way, very good questions, Peter. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And for you, Peter, when I asked, Amir, who the best CIO in Europe was, he said Peter Jacobs without hesitating. So great compliment and a great question. I want to dive into how you differentiate through technology. This is a really important story shaping up here, Amir. But before we do that, I want to talk about our Tech for Good scholarship. We're donating over $125,000 in scholarships, as you know, to nonprofits so these leaders can take advantage of our leadership development program. It's a nine-month program. And so I know you're involved with a lot of organizations, but is there an organization out there you'd like to gift this scholarship to? There are many organizations in the U.S. and in the Chicago area which are doing a great job and contributing a lot to the community and the society. And one of those organizations which we connected and I'm very excited about is Girls Who Code. That is a way which I will actually, I, I try to connect my craft with what is needed in the society and uh, in our environment. Giving young people the opportunity to understand what is the role of technology and how technology can shape their future is very important and having a contribution to that journey is something which I'm very passionate about. That's why we are supporting Girls Who Code and trying to deliver all kinds of support to that organization so they can grow and bring much better talented engineering future to our countries. Fantastic. Girls Who Code is an amazing organization. We will put them up on our website and uh, we'll connect with Kelly Mitzika, your your amazing communications person who has been really helpful to us in preparing for this podcast. So thank you for that. And as we shift over to how you're changing the narrative about technology, how are you you're differentiating through technology, Amir? I'd like to start at the top. I'd like to start with your boss, Roger, the CEO. You know, how does he think about, how does he talk about technology? So that I am very lucky. Like just to start with that. Because many of my peers, when they enter the company, they spend a lot of time to make sure that the executive level of the company understand the role of technology and that technology is not just a support function, but a key driver of the strategy for the future. I have the luxury that my boss, the CEO of Discover, understands and is convinced that everything which we do is rely on technology. We win the market or lose the market with how we develop and deliver our technology solutions to our customers. This is something which he believes, and therefore it was actually very easy for me to get at that level of support for all the changes which we are bringing to the organization. 
most of other organization, traditional organization, you get there, it is a lot of time to convince people that technology is not a support function, that it is not always about cost saving. And I am so lucky that I am in a context and in an environment where my peers and my boss and the board are encouraging me to do more and bring more innovative solutions from outside to discover. And that feels so good. It's exceptional. Well, you are, you are building a premier technology company. And I am a big fan of incumbent companies as opposed to those who we would call digital natives. And, and the ones that are really separating from the pack, it's pretty special to watch. It's not for the faint of heart. It's, it's hard work. It's heavy lifting. But certainly with people like Roger and, and yourself, Angel, you know, one of the things that Angel mentioned in his quote was talking about the whole idea of craftsmanship, engineering excellence. Can you talk about some of the pillars that are really defining your technology strategy? And I know you've got Project Runway, which we'll, we'll dive into that in our blog that'll come out next week, but talk about some of your pillars, Amir. So our transformation program at Discover is about reinventing the technology function and changing the the way we work at Discover. I'm not just talking about changing the way we work at technology function, but at the whole value chain, at the whole Discover. That is the aim of our transformation. And it is based on three important pillars. I call number one is talent management. So it's about upscaling of our people, of our workforce, and a different recruiting methodology, which I just discussed. The second one is in talent management, having the right level of mix between the contractors and the employees. And the third element is how we can reduce the so-called non-engineering tasks and activities in teams so people can produce more solutions. Because as you know, Dan, a lot of engineers in a lot of teams and organizations are busy with non-engineering activities, administration work, or manual processes, which take a lot of time. So we said, important element in our strategy is our talent management. And that is based on those three elements. Again, upscaling of our current people or recruiting a higher level of expertise. The second one is having the right balance of employees and contractors. And the third one is having the right level of talent between engineering activities and non-engineering activities in teams. That's number one. Number two element, what I call the way of working. We shift from a project way model way of working into product way of working and now you could say what is the big difference a project has always a starting point and ending point so you have an initiative you gather people you do your job you make a design you build it you deliver and you go to a next project but the product model is about having persistent teams working for a long period of time together and taking the ownership of the whole life cycle of the product, which is idea, which is design, which is built, which is test, which is implementation, which is run, but also decommissioning or improvement. That is what I call a product life cycle. So building teams who are not working on a projects, but on a product, 
and they are responsible for development for security and for operations. We call it DevSecOps. And they are persistent, so they're working for a long period of time together. That is another element. And in that team, you have engineers, but you have also product owners. You have also designers coming from the business. And the third element, very important element in our program, is what I call technology optimization. It starts with simplification of our landscape. It starts with what I call extreme automation, so get rid of manual activities. And it starts with much more attention for reliability and security. So those three areas, talent management, way of working, and technology optimization is the core of our transformation, which we call it runway. Runway. And we are, like I say, we're going to double click on that in the blog post because there's so much to it. And I think people are starting to get a real good sense of the differentiation approaches you're taking. You use the word value a lot. You also talked earlier about delighting the customer. And I know all this is driven for you by the customer. In fact, you started working at Discover and you put yourself in a position to be a customer. Right. You actually you didn't highlight who you were, that you were an executive. You just went in as a customer to experience it. I think that's powerful. I think we need to do more of that. So talk about your heart for service, how you get close to your customer, which my wife and I are very happy customers, by the way. And uh, you delight us often. But talk about that pillar for you and how that I could have started here, but I wanted to end here. So then the good things about Discover is that customer is the heart of everyone. That was something which I saw during my interview process in 2019 with Discover. I spoke with about 18 different people from different states, different levels. And I came to the realization that when it comes to customer, everyone is so passionate to talk about how we can deliver positive impact to the life of our customers, how we can make their financial lives easier, and how we can empower them in everything which they do in their financial situation. So that's a good thing. When it comes to technology solutions, most of the time, we do not think about our consumers and how we can deliver a best experience to our consumers. I give over one example to my organization, which is very powerful, at least for me, and that is my mother, which is 86 years old, and we bought an iPhone for her because we wanted to have connection and we wanted to see her every day without making trouble to her. We gave her just the iPhone, and after half an hour, she was able to call us and use the main functionality of the device. That is what I call consumability of a product. And at IT and technology, we need to embarrass that and make that part of our culture. Everything which we do is for a user or a consumer. And that mindset that you make things for use, you make things easy to use, that's something which is significant in our industry. Not all of the solutions have that characteristics. And I try to bring that into our organization by bringing those examples and inspiring people to think about, all right, if this is what I made, who is my consumer and how is the consumption will take place? And move from that part, you will see a different level of improvement of your product. And that's so powerful. 
Yeah, and I know you've got your people really connected to that vision, that mission, that passion for the consumer, the customer. We certainly appreciate that. One other last question for you, Amir. I know this is really important to you, but the notion of serving your consumer, customer extremely well, delighting them, but also doing great things in the community. And this is a, a new call center that you launched recently in the area. I think it's called Chatham, but it's in the Chicagoland area that's achieving both of those goals. Can you speak to that? I know it's something you're very proud of. Oh, I discovered we are so proud of that project. You know, you enter Chatham, the call center, and you feel the positive energy of people. That's an environment which we have the ambition to have 1,000 people working from the same area, actually belonging to the same community there. We are providing jobs for 1,000 people from a community which needs actually those kinds of contribution and development more than any other places in Chicago. And I see a level of motivation and commitment in those employees. They are happy, they are grateful, and they bring that positive energy in each conversation with customer. And this is the place where Discover actually differentiates itself with all other companies. It is not just always about financial business case. It is about a business case, which is much more than financial. And what important element of that is the society which we belong to and how we can make that society better. And Chatham's project is a positive energy and a good example of contribution to the society where we work. Well, back to culture, back to people. These are your themes. And Amir, thank you so much. And again, I want to encourage people next week to watch for our CIO.com blog post. Well, we're going to really dive into those five pillars of your project runway and where you are in the journey, why it matters, what's at stake. But you've talked a little bit about them, extreme automation. You've talked about the agile way of working. You've talked about the employee experience. So we'll go deeper on those. But Amir, thank you so much to you and your team. The great work. Excited to follow this, this story you're writing and this journey that you're on. But thank you again for being part of this. Thank you very much, Dan, for providing me the opportunity to share our story with my peers and with the market. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and I am listening to your podcast every day. Thank you very much. Developing a robust pipeline of future-ready IT leaders who know how to show up and engage differently is paramount to success today. If you would like to learn more about the Tech LX Leadership Development Program that Dan talks about in the podcast, we invite you to visit techwhisperers.net. Equip your workforce with a new mindset and skill set needed to maximize impact, increase engagement, and build a world-class talent magnet brand. You've been listening to Tech Whispers, inside the playbook of the best digital leaders, a Woolet and Associates podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show as this helps us connect the world's best digital leaders with those who aspire to learn, grow, and thrive in this amazing profession. Thanks for listening. Until next time.